Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly. We are the podcast that never ever relies on its goalkeeper for a match-saving performance. My name is Chris, I am your host and tonight as usual I'm joined by Messrs Phil and Jess. Good evening to you both. Hello. Just been locked in the cupboard. <laughs> Hello. That's all right. It was your. It was your. Um. Your speaker. Sounds cut very out. far away. It, it cuts out sometimes. You're here. Hiya. Yeah. Uh, and uh, fresh off the back of a, another Mets win. That's what it was. It was the shock of it all. Right. Uh, we've got quite a lot to get through this week, and I think we're all going. We're going to start sort of semi in Liga and more of a preview towards what's to come in Europe this week. Um. So we will start at the top with PSG. And um, I'll start with you, Jess, because at the time of recording, you just made us aware of something that's happened today uh, with regards to one of the players. So should we touch on that bit of information first of all, and then we'll come on to the game in a second? Uh, Yeah, so PSG released a statement um, about half an hour ago as we record this to say that um, Neymar's going to, undergo surgery for to repair ligament damage on his right ankle um and so he's out for three or four months which effectively means the rest of the season i think mm. um so i suppose the obvious question <clears throat> that i'll put straight to you is we saw we saw a 4-2 victory for for the champions at the weekend over Nolt. they did successfully manage to throw away a two-goal lead once again um and uh ludovic blast exposing Donnarumma is near post after Messi and uh, Hadjam, rather unfortunate own goal, put PSG in front. And then Nassius Ganago, who I think we all raised a smile towards, was uh, awarded the second goal for Nolt before Danilo Pereira. And then a certain Mr Mbappe, who will come on to in a second, got the points on the board. Does this, is this the blessing in disguise? Because this takes away the, the need for any discussion now for Christophe Galtier in terms of Neymar's availability, he can now focus on the system that seems to be working for, for PSG. Um, I don't think you'll disagree with me on that one, Jez, but is is this sort of end game in terms of maybe the Neymar situation? Like, Could we be seeing the the, the transition into a, a Neymar-less PSG moving forward? Yeah, I, mean, I saw um, there's a PSG, PSG fan who... Uh, like one of the regulars on Twitter who who said that kind of the saddest thing about this is that no one's surprised and no one really cares. Mm. Um, You know, the biggest investment in the club's history and he's just sort of petering out or kind of leaving with a squeak the way, the way he's been most of the time he's, he's been there. You know, it must, I can't remember. He's played, he's, it feels like he's played more this year than, than usual. So he might just about be in credit in terms of games that he's played against games that he hasn't since he's been there. Although by the end of the season, that may well have changed again. And I think partly that that sort of says a lot about, I'd say the, the impact he's had, I was going to say the attitude. Um, but I think that probably is fair as well, because I, you know, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that going out partying and going back and forth to Brazil and, um, late night poker and mcdonald's and things like that i think it does say something about his investment um and yeah look he is one of the most fouled players in the world we can argue about whether he sort of asks for it or not but i'm sure um several years of of being kicked 
in in that ankle is going to do a lot of damage to him. But as a wider thing, you know, the stats look good, but he hasn't had the effect that he was meant to have on PSG. Um, mm. Mbappe will go down in history. I think they didn't they sign the same summer, and you know, there's absolutely no doubt which one will will leave with legendary status. And yeah. you know, talking about whether he'll he's played his last match or not. I think probably uh, whether he has or not almost isn't down to either PSG or him. It's down to whether anyone else wants him, Mm. which says a lot about a player who not that long ago was obviously signed for 222 million or whatever it was. Um, You know, I think PSG clearly would have happily got rid of him last summer. And I think it says a lot about him that, two or three years ago, he was the one already pushing to go back to Barcelona or to go somewhere else. And now he's saying, no, no, I'm really happy. I'm really happy, which Mm. I think is to save face because frankly, no one really wants him. So it may well be that now the club want rid of him and he's just desperate to stay in a, in a city where, you know, he can go clubbing and and get paid an absolute fortune. Um, And it may well be that he ends up staying purely because no one else can be asked with it. Just turned 31 as well. I, uh, we were saying pre-pod about where he could go. I mean, the obvious one is a club this is like, the market. like a Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I wonder this about... This is the market. It's um, because PSG, however much they have checkbook, are not going to want to take a hundred million loss, which is how they might see it. <coughs> but... Where will he go, particularly if he is not back training Mm. by the summer, by pre-season? They could be stuck with him for another year doing Neymar things. So while I would agree that it makes Galtier's life a little bit easier, it might make the FD of PSG, whoever the hell that pulled, sod is um, have a bit of a nightmare on their hands here mm. I feel I feel like he's he's prime Saudi Arabia fodder in terms of where somebody who could afford to pay for him and his expensive lifestyle he'd be perfect like in, in the way of what's happened with Ronaldo I feel like he would be prime for that you but know that was, lifestyle wasn't and... the Ronaldo move that he got the money it wasn't Man U who got the money. Oh yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, he. It was a mutual agreement um, to terminate. Yeah, but the, but the Saudi the Saudi groups or or you know even Qatari clubs they could afford to pay PSG a fee. I think. Um, and and even even if you look at a club like Newcastle, I mean, with the, the Saudi investment there, I mean, I I've got to be honest. I think it's probably a hard sell to transport Neymar to the northeast. I can't I can't imagine him getting on too well in. Comes over here, but you know if the money's right, I mean I just wouldn't be at all surprised. But um, yeah, just just a frustrating, a frustrating footballer. From I go back and forth on him so much. He's a joy to watch sometimes, and he's a pain in the ass other times. I I can never be too sure. But one man that isn't a pain in the ass to watch Phil is is Kylian Mbappe. And oh, he, that he they put they hit that close though. Oh. He tried what three, maybe four times before he so finally got he's the goal. <laughs> Two hundred and one goals. He is PSG's single highest scorer 
and they did the party afterwards with the cake and the presents. Um, but they left it a bit late mm. for that. I thought that was interesting, and it should also be pointed out, as you mentioned, Nantes scored two goals. Mm. And it was 2-2 two, two at half-time. And then, mm. as we mentioned last week, Danilo, the man who clearly takes no shit, um, put them back in front. And then Mbappe, very late on, got that key goal. I mean, he was delighted. The ultras were delighted, clearly. The club were delighted. But that could have been a very embarrassing situation if that hadn't happened late on. So I think that Nantes obviously put in another good performance. Um, they've not on the greatest run of form, but we've known them in the past to frustrate PSG. They didn't frustrate them so much this time as really put the wind up them. Um, and so it was a weird kind of game to send PSG into the Champions League game midweek. But, as you have both said, if Neymar's out, then you can focus on Mbappe, Messi, Messi as the front guys and actually have a midfield that functions behind them, which, under the circumstances, is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, especially if, if Verratti is 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 in is in fine next. You imagine he'll come back into the team. And um, nice to see Timothy Pepele actually getting the assist in that Mbappe goal as well, because uh, he's back at the club now and always thought he has enough talent to to make it there. So hopefully he does all right. Was her Just... mentioning Mbappe's assist for Danilo? Oh yeah, absolutely. Really nice cross, and it was. Yeah, again, it highlights it's not just about the goals. He is becoming. I don't know about a complete footballer, but um, yeah, it's it's not just about the goals. You look, I think he's got something like eighty-five assists or something like that during his time as well. So that was going to be my my question to you, actually. You know, on him before we look at the the Bayern game and preview that a little bit. I mean, is is he is he fast becoming? You know, this term "best in the world" is is over is overhyped in my opinion, but. There was this debate about was it him or Haaland? I mean, for me, it, it's just not even close. Like Haaland is a goal scorer, and that's it. Mbappe is, has got far more attributes to his game. But is there? Are you seeing this season a, a slightly more mature Mbappe? I mean, we all had that concern, yeah. didn't we, about the contract and the, is he going to go? Is he not? There was a bit of an arrogance, and then in the World Cup, obviously, he he really stepped up. For his country once again, and, and showed that that side of his personality that where you know go to go Just to war with his colleagues, you know. On the assists table that Lequipe has, he's not that good. He's on four assists for the season. That's in the league, um, and Messi's on twelve. Neymar is on eleven. They're the top two, mm. but I think. It might be uh, that the ones he puts in are so lovely. You kind of remember them more. And, and, you see what I mean. and, and the other thing about him as well is, and I know this is like a, this is disputed as to whether this counts uh, as a wording or not, but 
is that second assist, isn't it? Is that is that link up play that he has? His presence alone takes defenders away, and the amount of moves that that he is either on the end of to provide the ball, who then provides the ball for the goal type of you know he he's very much a, a link man in that play as well. But I think when you when you can have a a striker who's that complete, who yes he's going to get you the goals, but also he's going to give you that talismanic figure in the team. There just aren't many out there anymore like that. They're, they're, they're a rare breed. And I feel like he's he's getting to that stage where, you know, if if not the best, I mean, for me, he is. He just is. But if he's if he's not there, he, he's soon going to be there. What was um, little quiz, by the way. Uh, he said Messi and Neymar are top two. Who's hmm. third? The only other person with... Uh, double digits assists so far. Isn't there somebody down the bottom end of the table? I'm sure I read this somewhere. No. No. Okay. Go on. Jez? No. No. Jonathan Klaus from Marseille. Okay. Yeah. N. Whose form has also gone off the deep end a little bit of recent weeks, although not helped by playing out of position, but still. I think with Mbappe, I just, I don't, I think we said it during the World Cup as well, that, um, it's kind of silly to compare him with Messi because Messi plays deeper. Messi is the playmaker. Everything has to mm. go through him. Yeah, um, That's not how a striker works. And mm. it was said during the World Cup that, you know, Mbappe didn't really have many great 90-minute games, yet he was involved in like 13, 14 goals. Mm. Um, I think it's it's sort of difficult to call a striker the best player in the world because they're I'm not saying they're not players but there's a limit to how much they can do because they're only really functioning in in one small area of the pitch but what he mm. does in that area is fantastic and what you said about yes, maturing, yeah. I, just, I think that even um you know throughout all the stuff about contracts and, and things like that to be fair to him his his performances have never really let up i don't think his consistency mm. over the last five six years certainly when you compare it to some of those around him has, has been spectacular and you said talismanic i think that's what it's about i don't you know i don't i don't know how you decide who the best player in the world is but he's definitely shown that he's got a little bit more to his game than just putting the ball away mm. um, and it's more the the mentality the the fact that he, you know, the number of late goals he scores, important goals he scores, and mm. you said that the the aura that he's got about him now, that just being on the pitch kind of affects the other team. He said it the other day about Bayern, for example. And um, even if it's you know if he's not doing anything or seemingly not doing anything, he's making intelligent runs that are taking defenders out of play and and leaving space for others as well. So yeah. he's not. A complete player because no striker is, but he is a complete striker, definitely. Mm. Yeah, his game is, his game is. Uh, I, f- I feel like he's just got such a high ceiling at twenty four. I think in a in a weird way, that's the only risk that he's got to, um, you know, not hitting the heights for the duration of his career is he, he's playing at such a high level, um, in, you know, in terms of sort of tournament levels and, and big competitions that. You wonder, uh, you know, he he's pretty robust. He hasn't suffered too many injuries, and that would be the only thing you'd wonder is like, can he continue at this level consistently? 
with uh, with that sort of style of play. But yeah, for me, it's, um, it's not the level; it's just the number of games. I yeah, mean, that, that's the yeah, aspect. Started so early. Look at like Rooney, for example. I think Michael Owen went out a little early. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's uh, <clears> one thing he has got on his side is he is quite robust. Um, he uses yeah. that ass quite well, doesn't he, in terms of holding the ball up and. And yeah. as we've heard from him making little digs, possibly, about sleeping well and eating well, yeah. he looks after himself. He does, yeah. He's, he's definitely the, the consummate professional. What do we what do we think, sort of leaving PSG behind after this particular segment, but what do we make of the buying game? Because I, I, I just have a feeling that this, this game is not done yet. Um, and, and strangely, I think even if Bayern score, it doesn't really change too much because I think PSG know that they need to get at least two goals in this game. Mm. We, what, where do you sit, Phil? Are you confident that they can go there and turn this around? Oh, I think definitely they can do. Um, whether they will do will be down to the formation and the atmosphere and the character and as we've banged on about a bit um, if you've got a functioning midfield and you've got Mbappe on a high and Messi looking happy then that's a scary proposition mm. for Bayern so I think this is going to be a very interesting match um, and seeing how things set up I think the defences are going to be key will PSG be able to put up a defence that can frustrate Bayern mm. and um, whether they're going to go from there so I wouldn't say I'm looking at a massive remontada, which I keep banging on about. But um, yeah, it's only one goal. Mm. It's only one goal. They can do that. What the... I mean, they seem to have a good recent record, almost better record away from home. Mm. There was that, and there was that year a couple of years ago they beat Bayern and Barcelona away. I think. Yeah. Though it was that Barcelona and it was buying without Lewandowski. But um, certainly they're capable of, of bringing it back. And and I think, again, as we said last week, maybe it works better for them considering mm. that they're so used to throwing away leads. Maybe it's better to be chasing the second leg. But um, yeah. And, of course, Mbappe makes a difference. But Phil said about the defence, I mean, my concern is, what defence they've got. I think Mukieli's looked good the last couple of matches, but he's a big doubt. Yeah. Quinos trained today and they're saying he's going to be okay, but he didn't look in, in much... He hasn't looked very comfortable on the pitch recently, but no, he looked in a lot of discomfort as he walked off it the other day. Yeah. And then, I mean, to me, Donnarumma is crap. No, don't, don't even get me started. <laughs> most overrated goal. You, you mentioned the first goal. The second goal kind of came from... His mistake, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he he never looks decisive to me, but he, he because he's so tall and because he's so confident, and he has that sort of look of a guy who's like, "Don't worry, guys, I've got this in hand." But I don't think he backs up his arrogance. Whereas I feel he like makes, he he makes good saves every match, but he'll also make one or two huge mistakes every match. You can't really afford that in a. But it, 
it's that classic he's a good shot stopper thing isn't it like you know he doesn't I, I never feel confident with him coming for crosses unless there's nobody around him you know what I mean like he doesn't yeah he doesn't he never sort of fills me with comfort of knowing that he's going to come and clear everybody out he, he strikes me as a sort of guy who come for a cross he can't make and get a palm on it because he is six foot six and then end up falling on his ass and the goal being exposed and whilst I thought that Ludovic Blast finish was really I thought it was a really good finish to find that angle and it, for me it was very clearly a shot um you know goalkeeper being beaten at the near post to, to his level with that sort of fee I just find it you know okay and has had a, had a rick in him we've seen him drop a few and in his time but yeah I, I do think not many weakling. not many to be fair no no not many um yeah I, I tend to agree with you I think the biggest risk they have in this particular game is is that Bayern know what what they're up against you know Bayern are fully aware that they that of how PSG are going to play this you know they are going to probably look to counter they are going to probably look to utilize the the pace of Mbappe in behind and, and you would it, I'd be completely mind blown if if um, the Bayern coach, whose name escapes me, the man with the funky jackets, um, doesn't have a plan for that. I mean, surely, surely there will be some sort of plan to, to stop that. Maybe even a man-marking job like off of the old days. But um, The only thing is see. that they generally play to a style that works to PSG's and especially Mbappe's strength. Mm. So it would be a, probably a complete change of style for them. True, yeah. But- and I think, like you both touched on there as well, that midfield battle is going to be key. I think if you've got a, if you've got a midfield of, of Verratti, Fabian Ruiz, and uh, A and other, I mean, you, you could pick out any. I'd actually be tempted to go with Danilo from the start if if I was uh, Galtier in this They're particular game. Him in defence, though. Yeah. They? Imagine if they had a fit Renato. No, that's that's a silly suggestion. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, we just not very good either. Well, no, agreed. That talking of players who were overhyped, there's a, there's another one that they've wasted a fair chunk of money on. But um, that's that's PSG then. Um, we shall, of course, see how they get on at the weekend. I want to move the conversation into the the sort of clutch of teams that are fighting it out for European places. We saw Marseille go to to Rennes win one nil. Uh, last night in a game that I thought would be a cracker and it it really kind of wasn't. It wasn't a bad game, but it was very, very stifled and it looked like two sides that didn't really want to lose. And ultimately, Marseille came away with the points after the uh, the, the Ren defence kind of switched off for one moment to allow Kolasinac in around the back and to score the winner. Are we both, or all three of us, sorry, in, in agreement that, that Marseille are going to be enough or have enough to claim second place despite their pretty bad midweek which we'll touch on in a second yes possibly that's going to say that was a noise of i'm not convinced but 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 don't that was an unconvinced noise Hmm. well if i but they are four ahead of monaco who he also come on to did not have yeah. the best weekend. Yeah. Uh Lance uh look to be going back to an upsy downsy kind of situation. So yeah, you've got to say second is theirs to lose. Mm. And given what Tudor has managed to do so far, you wouldn't see him losing. Is it about 
consistency then, Jess, in terms of a team that could fight for it? Because we mentioned the, the, the Derby de Nord at the weekend, which ended in a one-all draw, which arguably didn't really help either side particularly much. And it has to be said, in amongst that game, a quite brilliant save from Bree Samba to keep the scores at, at 1-1. That ended up in a draw. And Monaco, somewhat surprisingly, drew it against Troyes in... Uh, despite what a, a lovely gentleman just decided to uh, say that I, I couldn't see, according to him, I thought it was just a blatant offside goal in that particular game. And until somebody shows me the lines, I'm going to stick to it and say it's offside. <laughs> but Ben Yedda scored twice and then Twelve drops a very last second equaliser. And, and that's more drop points for Monaco. Which one do you think was offside? The second one. The second one. Ben Yedda. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just for, for me, and some people say it's the mm. angle of the camera. Some people say he's behind the ball. I, I just don't see it. I think he's offside by about a foot. It's just looking at the stills, and just I just think he's off. But nevertheless, um, we don't get lines drawn, so we don't. We will never know. That goal was given, and that's where you've got this clutch now of if you eliminate Nice, which is a brave thing to do, and if you eliminate Rams, which is an even braver thing to do. You've got this 45 points Lille in sixth, 46 Ren in, in fifth, and then 51 Lance <clears> Monaco <throat> together. We, we kind of touched on it last week, didn't we? But if there's any team that's going to put Marseille at risk, it's, it has to come from a team that puts four or five wins together now from that clutch of four, right? I think, um, first of all, I'm surprised Lance is still up there. Yeah, I think we all are. A long time ago. Um, and that's a big cushion, isn't it? Five points from fourth to fifth. Yeah, but Marseille Champions League looks a really good bet. I think the the sort of short review that that Lekic gave of Marseille's win yesterday on the sort of minute by minute by minute was Marseille win on Montal, which kind of means basically three mm. sort of strength of will or mental strength. Mm. And I feel like maybe that's the difference. You feel like. Most of the other teams, if they have an off day, they'll lose. Whereas if Marseille have an off day, they'll still find a way to get a draw or a win. And I think that's that's what will carry them through. Um, yeah. And again, it's it's rarely pretty, but they've got they seem to have like a good, relatively deep sort of homogenous squad like not a huge number of standout players but everyone's doing a job when they're asked to I mean I know he's been a bit off form he's looked tired and to be fair to him being played completely out of position this weekend but you know Guendouzi has certainly done his bit over the season Sanchez obviously um, and then on top of all of that they're coming up with sort of clever work free kicks they've got i know Tavares has sort of blamed a little bit for the chances he missed against PSG when it was still goalless last week but Tavares at times looking like an accomplished striker Kolasinac you know these are defensive fullbacks who are coming up with important goals as well yeah. so i think what what Tudor's doing there is brilliant i'm not sure he's got the greatest sort of <clears throat> ingredients to work with but he's sort of coming up with a very good dish yeah it is almost like a it's a mentality monster thing with Marseille isn't it like you just feel that they are they're they're just doing enough each time like that game last night prime example um I don't think either side really did enough to win it but when you saw Tudor celebrate the 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 sort of was it the, the clearance from the corner from the save from Lopez at the end and it, you know he cheered that like it was a goal I mean it was just like sort of they're almost 
going game by game, just ticking them off, ticking them off, ticking them off. Um, and I guess that's kind of a good point, actually, to mention the fact that they didn't have a very good midweek because they did get bounced out of the Coupe de France, losing to Annecy. And which... that's something, I think, in their league uh, campaign might actually help because mm. that was a battle. And yeah. that was something, after having beaten PSG, um, that's very important for the fans, uh, to then lose Coupe de France quarterfinal against a Ligue 2 side, mm. I think could be uh, very important in how they attack the rest of the season. We can't let that happen again. No. And it was, if we can come on to that game uh, briefly. Um, so Veritu opened scoring. And then Annecy got two goals in like five minutes uh, early in the second half. And so they're ahead. Their tails are up. And there was a penalty. Sanchez, with five minutes ago, could have made it level and didn't. Callens, the goalkeeper of Annecy, had a really good game. I mean, he was epic in many avenues. We'll come on to those later. But then, um, so they're 2-1 down. And I think... At 90 minutes, Tudor brought on this 18-year-old for his debut, Fabio Mugge. And you're thinking, have they kind of given this up? And he was the one that got the equaliser. 96th minute, it was a very good uh, finish from him. He was clearly really, really affected by that. I don't know if you've seen the pictures, the video of Marseille fans who had left. Yeah, coming back in. 90 minutes, running back into the stadium um, when they heard the cheering. So then it went to penalties. And, oh, that was... I mean, (laughs) I think all of us, apart from Marseille fans, were going, come on, Annecy, come on, Annecy. And they did it. Um, yeah. In the in the penalty shootout, which went a long way down the list. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was eight seven. Um, the one. Oh, I don't know, but it was uh, Balerdi, Balerdi, who missed the last one, which enabled La Juge for Annecy to win it. And there was a wonderful interview with the centre-back, Mwanga, after the game, who scored his penalty. He took third. He, you know, took his responsibilities. And he just said, why not? Yeah. Why can't we do this? And that you saw, I thought, throughout from Annecy, they might have died uh, when Veratu got the first goal and they had to wait so long to yeah. equalise. 
that last minute equaliser from Muguet for Marseille, they might have gone, oh, it's oh not. That, yeah, that could have deflated them, couldn't they, completely, yeah. But they kept on till the end, and that why not us mentality was something that they really brought through. And yes. they're going to play to lose. Well, that's in the thing, isn't it? Final, yeah. which I think is interesting because Toulouse did end up. If you listened last week, you heard us ticking off the goals. <laughs> um, it was six-one. Eventually, Toulouse beat Rodez. Um, Yunus got the <clears> consolation <throat> for Rodez, who are bottom of Liga. Um, yeah. Toulouse are not no means perfect. So mm. that could be a very interesting game. And I think the other semi is not Leon. Not Leon, yeah, absolutely. And not, of course, the holders of the trophy. It's, let's not forget that. So they're trying to defend that title. Um, and Toulouse lost this weekend at, at home to Clermont. So their form is a bit patchy at the moment. So you, you wouldn't rule honestly out of that. And uh, as I mentioned at the start of the show, Jess was happy because... Uh, the, after the Lord Mayor's show, they went and lost 3-0 at home to Mets at the weekend to celebrate. So they've <laughs> obviously put a lot of their effort into that cup game and and chucked the league game. But um, yeah, no, really, really good performance from from the league side. And uh, as, as, as they said there, why not them? Who knows? Who knows? Um, elsewhere in Liga this weekend, um, we will just give you a, a brief moment to touch on Montpellier because they did win 5-0, Phil, so we'll, yeah. we'll give you that. But we wanted to mention the the change that Desacarian has brought. I mean, obviously he's returned, so it's not like it's it, you know it's, it's familiar, shall we say? But he he definitely has worked some magic. Three wins out of four, and in the last four, and the other one was a draw, and suddenly thirty points, thirteenth, and rocketing up the table. Teji's happy. Well, I'm not well. sure we're rocketing, uh, but I have to say, before this game, I was a bit nervous. Because mm-hmm. you have to think, at some point, Angers are actually going to win a game. And I don't. Montpellier, <laughs> well, but this is the fans speaking. Yeah. Uh, Montpellier do have a habit of not being brilliant against the teams below them. But I think um, with uh, De Zakarian coming back, that has been important because you need to understand the kind of team that Montpellier is. Mm. And that's a selling team, a team that uh, lost Laborde, Delors, Mollet, some of their best players, mm. and who were doing well elsewhere with little glitches for Delors. But, you know, so you have to be able to work with a project which you're going to have to kind of redefine every year. And while Romain Pidou is a, uh, you know, a legend of Montpellier, let's not forget that he was banned for, what, six months, nine months for mm. punching a journalist, Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, possibly not the best person to deal with that situation. So I think Dezac understands that situation and while they are by no means hurtling up the table, they are on a good run of form and yet Savanier needs 
the people around him to kind of work with uh, work with that. And what was really nice was there was a mix of goals there. So Kasri, uh, Savania got two, one of which was a penalty. Mwasa, who has uh, played a, you know, a good role so far, and then Wahi coming on as uh, a substitute again for the last half an hour for Wazri, Kazri. Mm. Um, that's something it does look like it's going somewhere. Yeah. And then the thing is, well, who's going to buy Wahi in the summer? Well, that, yeah, I think he is He is right for the picking. Mawasa got man of the match in that particular game as well. Go on yeah. and well I think he's listed as a defender. Oh yeah, he's but he's he's as much of a defender as Nuno Tavares is. is. <laughs> he's a, he's he's bet far better going forwards than he is going backwards. Um, but but yeah, yeah so it, with Desacarian saying, okay, I accept that, so yeah. we'll put someone behind him. Yeah, uh, which was uh, Isaac Silla um, to take care of the left side. I. It, it's looking better. It's looking much more, um, much more sort of reassuring. And a 5 0 win is going to pick everyone up. I know it was Angers, but 5 0 is still good. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, where, where that goes from. So hopefully, this kind of, um, Vibes boost will continue, and we will see what happens next. Yeah, yeah, and and around them, we we touched on the the bottom half of the table last week, so we're not going to go into much depth this week. But uh, again, safe to assume with that defeat, you know, Angers, it's, it's another defeat, another nail in the coffin. Troyes picking up that point against Monaco, I think, in the Which cold light of day, fully deserved. Oh yeah, yeah, they they, they really have, did. I may have missed that um, they, they... discussion earlier, but. Yeah, 91st minute equaliser, and it was fair. Yeah, yeah, they led that game for a long time, and but for those two, two Benyatta goals in quick succession, I mean, they were hanging on, there's no doubt. But I think in the cold light of day, they will see that as a point gained. But on another day, they might also look back and go, oh, if we could have just held on. Um, but elsewhere, results kind of went in their favour to a degree in terms of uh, Rams continue their wonderful streak under Will Still, who just... Just, just well. I mean, you it's probably read all about it. Minute winner from Kajus, yeah. and what a winner, um, by the way! What a strike from Kajus. I mean, that was but a that, that must have been nervy for them to keep that one yeah. going. But to me, what what is it? How long ago is it now? Just is it October, isn't it? That they last. Yeah. That's absolutely nuts. But um. <laughs> That that win sort of keeps the Jaxio uh, sort of rooted in that bottom four, and and Osea getting a what was probably for them a pretty a pretty good point away at Nice. I think that's a, a very decent performance I for them. I did wonder when I saw the score, did we jinx it? Mm. <laughs> last yeah, week just a bit by talking about Nice's form. Yeah, that was the Friday uh, game, wasn't it? Yeah, but um, I think that probably the biggest win of the weekend. Uh, came as as Brest went away to Strasbourg and won one nil because that was sixteenth against fifteenth. They've traded positions now, um, with non five points sort of above those two. That's a massive win for Brest, especially away from home, uh, to go there and, and win. Uh, Frank Gonorat, who else? 
with the winning goal there because that just further plummets Strasbourg into more problems and gives Brest a much needed boost of confidence. So um, yeah, that was that was the big result of the weekend for me that that uh, looked looked out. Um, and we mentioned obviously the Derby de Nord was was a bit of fun. Jose Fonte with an own goal there, and Jonathan David with equaliser. Um, one game that was not fun, I can confirm, was Leon nil, Lorient nil. That was that was pain. Uh, two screens on the go, and I can tell you, laughing at Man United losing seven, there was far more entertaining than it was to watch uh, Leon and Lorient. But it has yeah. to be said, a couple of fantastic saves from Vito Manone. And I don't know if either of you saw this, but um, Enzo Lafay calling out a few people on Twitter <laughs> in amongst the uh, the Lorient ultras. So um, that went down interestingly well basically Bomba Dieng is getting quite a lot of stick uh from the online community um about his sort of lack of form which I think to be fair I mean he's barely played for Marseille for half a year before his arrival um and Lefay went on Twitter and challenged a few people claiming them to be trolls so you know sometimes it's always nice to see a little spat between player and fans <laughs> but it was not a fun game and Leon once again continue just to be Leon basically they're down in 10th still such as life. Anywho, let's have a look ahead to what's to come then uh, next weekend. And uh, I'll quickly run down the fixtures. Speaking of Leon, they've got Leal on Friday night. And that one might well be worth a watch if mm-hmm. you have not got too much to do. Leal of the home side. Yeah, get the pizza in. That Absolutely. could be fun. Absolutely. 8 pm on Friday. Saturday sees the four o'clock game between Osea and Wren. A big game at both ends of the table there. And you could argue similarly on Saturday night as Brest entertained PSG. Will it be a wounded animal in PSG or will it be a, a rather happy PSG who don't really give a shit? We shall see. Uh, Claremont against Lons is the midday game on the Sunday. And that's two... just have your roast. Yeah, that, that's just, yeah, yeah, just chill, chill, put your feet up and see what Lons can serve up. Uh, the two o'clock um, series of games sees Ajaxio host Montpellier. Uh, Angers host Toulouse, which you think suddenly that's quite a big game for Toulouse all of a sudden because they don't want to they don't want to keep this this sort of uh, mid streak going. Uh, Lorient host Troyes. I would suggest that's probably a bigger game for Troyes at the moment, but um, I hope I'm wrong. Nantes against Nice is the other game, and again that one looks fairly good on paper. And then the 405 game is Monaco against Raus, and uh, wouldn't you know it. Marseille are on telly on Sunday night as they host Strasbourg. And I don't know, Jess, did you hear um, our, our good friend talking about the, the cider bars that you can find in, in Rennes? Did you hear that, that comment last night? Did you enjoy that one? No. No. <laughs> I didn't. I don't. Yeah, I have I didn't. it on you. I don't listen to him. That's all you have to say. I didn't. I don't. Yeah. He was uh, he was on good form last night. But uh, yeah, Marseille um, are on telly on Sunday night again. But, um, but I think there's, there's, a growing, there's a growing sort of school of thought that Brice Samba might actually be called into the next France squad. Yeah, week, yeah. Which uh, reminds me of the time that Jonathan Pierce confidently said that Nottingham Forest got rid of him because he's got not good enough for the Premier League, <laughs> even though right. he, he turned down a contract. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 very true. Would, would that be at the expense of Alba Lafont? Or would it be in addition? Because you, you assume that Magnon would probably take the number one jersey now, I would imagine, over Loris. I mean, with Loris retiring, rather. But does that open the door for Ariola to, to step up now? Him being second choice, I can't see that. Um, well, that's the thing. Montanda's retired as well. So yeah. there's, there's two places up for grabs, in a way. Mm. 
So if, and, if you Emmanuel, you know, he's only just come back. I'm sure he will be in the squad, but yeah. When are the squads announced? By the way, did you say it was Thursday? Next week. Next week. Sixteen. And are the these are oh my god, I've lost track of everything. Are these these are Europe. Europe, are they Euro qualifiers? Oh, I can't even remember. <laughs> I can't even. It's terrible, isn't it? I've got so sort of. Know, I've got so so entrenched in uh, in domestic football of late that I've completely lost track of uh, of what we've got upcoming. I'll try and find out quickly. But um, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I do suspect that that Manuel will probably be the one. But yeah, I do wonder because Lafont, I just feel like he deserves a chance. And then so yeah, it's Euro, Euro qualifiers. Yeah, I've just found it myself. Yeah, it's the Netherlands is one game, and, and Ireland. Ireland. There you go. Christ, just had a World Cup. It just, oh, it just never stops. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll probably preview that at the end of next week's show. But um, yeah, I do wonder if maybe Deschamps might might be adding a few new faces in this year because of course we've got no Rafa Varane anymore either. So um, yeah, I think yeah. that'll be a lot. Um, I mean, some people have been saying Melier. Yeah, as well. I'm not sure yet mm. i like him but oh. it hasn't been hasn't had the best season has he with leeds and you know he's still although he looks like he's 14 he has had experience but i just feel like his maturity hasn't quite been there this season i feel like he's made a few pretty poor decisions and i've seen um Tadibo rumors as well that i can get yeah yeah I can, I can get that one but but surely if they're looking to sort of step into the new era defensively surely you've got to be looking at Upa Meccano, Saliba, um, Konate's come back for Liverpool now. Uh, there's someone else I'm forgetting completely off of that list. But you, you'd think there's a bit of youth that's going to come through that system now, you would imagine. Um, and interesting, yeah. I see Benjamin Pavar was saying that he wants to stay at Bayern Munich as well. So I wonder if that will will uh, improve his chances of getting back in because there was a bit of a fallout, I wasn't there? I hope not. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. No, bless him, but his form's been a bit. Perfect. No, mm. come on. I'd, I'd quite like to see a young and, and exciting squad, but at the same time, as long as it's got Greasy in it, because he's having a lovely old time in in Madrid at the moment. He's having a wonderful time, so good on him. But uh, yeah, we will we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Anywho, uh, I think that is everything for this week. So um, thank you to you both very much much appreciated for your time to you Jess and to you Phil thank you problem and uh, yeah we will be back to cover next week's action of course as planned and then we will see if we can have a look back at the PSG game keeping thing keeping fingers crossed because even if you don't really like PSG and I know a lot of people don't they are the last remaining hope in Europe for French football this season so um these well oh sorry yes sorry yes we're in the in the, in the Europa, the Ro- yeah, sorry, that, that was very harsh on Nice. Sorry, I, should, I, I, I actually forget that tournament exists. I know it's terrible. Um, major European Ooh. competition left. But uh, yeah, we wish we wish PSG well um, in that particular tie, turning it around. And we will be back, win, lose or draw, to discuss that next week, as well as the weekend's actions. So whatever you're doing, uh, stay safe. And if it is going to snow in your country where you're listening to this, uh, yeah, keep those heaters you keep the heaters on, but just don't pay through the nose because the bills are expensive. Extra blanket. Until next week, uh, snuggle up warm, enjoy your French football, and we'll speak to you very soon. <laughs>